To the Lakuti Sichas in the Chelikud Beis, the second Sicha of the Parshas Bahar. This is, uh, the Pasuk talks about the prohibition against taking interest for a loan. But the interesting thing is, as the Rebbe will bring out, that it's actually a mitzvah to take interest from a loan that you give to a Goy, and the Rebbe explains why is it a mitzvah. In the meantime, the Rebbe also explains the whole idea of uh, why one has to, um, even if you took interest, whether you can forgive or not, okay, we'll, we'll see in the Sikha itself. So let's go inside. Aleph. Um, but in Aleph, the Rebbe wants to bring out that there's three categories. A Yid, you're not allowed to take interest from. A gertoshev, that's somebody who lives with you, but he's not a, a not a goy, not a nochri. He is done doing some mitzvahs, he lives amongst the yidden. Over him, you're allowed to take uh, interest. And a goy, there's a mitzvah to take interest. Kosu parsha seinu. It's written in our portion. V'chiyomuch achicha goymer. That uh, if your brother becomes uh, poor... Uh, then it says um, you're supposed to support him. The pasuk says ger v'toishav v'chayimoch. It says whether he is a uh, a stranger that has moved in with you or moved with, lives with you is v'chayimoch. He should live with you. In other words, it's a mitzvah to support uh, the people that came in to live with you. It's a mitzvah to give them tzedakah. Uh, so, this tzedakah, chayimoch, chayimoch means live with you, help him out, is a mitzvah for achicha, for your brother. It's also a mitzvah for the ger, for the convert. It's also a mitzvah for the toshav, the one who is lives with you. But then the pasuk gives a, another command. Then it says, al tikach meitoi neshech v'tarvis. Don't take from them what bites and interest, which means if you loan them, you're not allowed to take from them money that bites interest, you're not allowed to take vitarbis. But notice the language of the verses, al tikach me'itoi, from him. So although before we talked also not only about a Jewish person, we also talked about the ger toishov, and the toishov, and the Torah says that you're supposed to help them make sure that they live with you, so give them as well. But here, the Torah changes the word to al-tikach me'itoi, I take from him. Him is referring to the yid only. It doesn't say al-tikach me'itom, from them. It says me'itoi neshech v'tarvis. O pirshu chazal b'gemara, and therefore our sages of blessed memory and the gemara interpret it, shema shenemar al-tikach me'itoi neshech v'tarvis, that when it says don't take from him, Neshech and Tarbis, which is the biting and the interest. This is talking about the interest on the koyi rak alochicha. This only applies to your brother from a yid. Veloy al ger v'toishov, and not on the ger and the toishov, who are not. We're not talking about a ger tzedek over here. We're not talking about who becomes part of the people. We're talking about a stranger who's coming to live amongst the amongst you, um, except certain halachas, you know, not to worship idols and. The, so we're saying, that's why the Pesach says, 
in a singular language, and not don't take from them, which is in a plural. Uh, so when the Pasik says earlier, that what it says earlier, that's only talking about the positive mitzvah, it's only talking about this idea that he should live with you. So we have to make sure that also the ger, the stranger, and the toishov, that they too should be supported. That you are commanded to provide for his livelihood, for his life. That's for them. But it does not apply to the aspect of not taking from him Neshech and Tarbis. That only applies to a Yid. That does not apply to a Ger Toshov. So basically, the Torah does not prohibit taking interest from a Ger Toshov. A Ger Toshov. Because of Harambam, the Rambam writes further, Ha'akum, Akum is an Anjou, Eivit Kechov Mazolis, the one who worships the idols, the Ger Toshov, and a Ger Toshov, meaning somebody who is committed to do some mitzvahs, he's not a Yid, but he lives with the Yid. You can borrow from them, and you can also loan them interest. There's no prohibition on taking or giving them interest. It's only to your brother that it is prohibited. But for the rest of the world, it is permissible. Now, he goes further. It is actually a positive mitzvah to bite. I mean, take interest. That's called biting for the akum, for the non-Jew. Because the Pasuk says, You should take, you should bite the nachri. You should take interest. From, we learn by tradition, you can say, you are allowed to, but no, we learn by tradition, it's actually a positive mitzvah, it's not, you're fulfilling a mitzvah when you are collecting interest from the guy. So that means, basically, that there is three rules as far as loaning with interest. Yisrael, a Jew, Asur, A Jew is prohibited to loan him on interest. Ger Toishov, a Ger who settled. Mutar It's permissible to loan him an interest. It's permissible. There's no mitzvah, but it's permissible. And then you have Akum, the Akovit Chomazolis. Over there, it's mitzvah. It's actually a mitzvah, Lakachas Mimenu Ribis, to take interest from him, the Ribis. Now, when you when you think about it, is you're not allowed to steal, uh, or you're not allowed to cheat a non-Jew either. But ribis, you're not cheating anybody. Ribis, you're telling him up front, you're telling him, I'm giving you a hundred dollars, and you're gonna have to pay me back hundred and ten dollars. It's not like I'm saying you're agreeing. I'm not forcing you for it. But yet, the Torah says that you shouldn't do that. Why did the Torah, the Torah allows you to take interest from Akum and Megir Toshov? Why does the Torah allow that? But the Torah allows that because it's not really stealing, because the person is consenting. He's masking, he approves, he agrees to go ahead and pay that. Even though it is prohibited to either rob or steal, even any amount, 
That's the halacha of the Torah. Makes no difference whether it's a Jew or a non-Jew. You're not allowed to steal from a person, from a yid or not a yid. Begam, and on top of that, asur it is prohibited so that's already in a parenthesis here because there's some discussion about it but to deceive people in dealings in and that makes no difference whether a non-Jew or a Jew are equal in this halacha of not deceiving them. You're not allowed to cheat them. Just like you're not allowed to cheat a Yid, you're not allowed to cheat a Goy either. They're the same halacha. And yet, we understand why the Torah allows you. You can't cheat them, you can't steal them from a non-Jew, but yet the Torah allows you to take ribis. Why? Because ribis he agrees to. Muvanu, that's understood. Kishani ribis migezel veino. Because there's a difference between stealing or cheating the other person. Could he be Gemara? And as the Gemara says, that even by a Jew, we could not learn that there is a prohibition of taking interest since uh, it is prohibited to steal, it's prohibited to cheat. We could not learn from that that you're not allowed to take interest. Why? Key for the Gemara, using the Lashon of the Gemara, because these, when we talk about stealing or cheating somebody, that is done without consent. Or you know, when you're cheating somebody on the price, let's say you're charging him way beyond uh, more than a sixth, more than the value, he didn't know. So, and gezel, and when you're stealing, you're taking it against the will. So therefore, that cannot, how could you Say from this by interest the medaite that he's doing it willingly, nicely. So we can understand because you're doing it with consent. It's not stealing. It's not cheating. It's okay to do to take it from a guy. We understand why it's okay to take it from. Since interest is different than stealing and cheating. Because over there you take the money with the consent, with the knowledge of the borrower. He is agreeing to pay extra money in order to take, get the loan. That's why it is okay. We understand well. The Torah did not prohibit to take interest because which is lighter form, it's not like stealing, not like cheating, Torah didn't prohibit that. Only your brother, the Torah says, okay, step up, don't even take ribis. But not over there, the Torah says, it's okay to take ribis over there, because you're not cheating. However, but we still don't understand it, why is it a mitzvah? But this, that there is also a positive mitzvah to take interest from the non-Jew, that needs explanation. For although the borrower is giving the interest willingly, from knowingly and willingly, he agrees to pay it. The Torah does refer to interest as biting, which means it hurts. To pay more, it hurts. 
And at the end, in all of them, there is a common thing in Gezel when you're stealing or you're cheating and you're taking interest. There is a money that you are taking away, that you're lacking, that you are taking away your machaser, you're taking away from your friend. And if so, what is the reason that we were commanded to diminish the money of the Akum through the Neshach? What is the what is that? The Rebbe is going to explain that money inherently, after the whole discussion, that money inherently has a value, that not only its value, but also that money can be loaned out for interest. When it belongs to a Yid, as the Rebbe will say, that the actual interest that the Yid receives is actually becomes into the domain of the person that receives it, and therefore those are the Nitzutze Kedusha, that we have to take from the Goy's domain, as long as it's allowed, and bring it into Kedusha. You bring it, as we'll see, the Rebbe will explain it, Api Chassidus, But first, the Rebbe is going to go through a whole uh, discussion over here between, of the Rishonim, whether one can forego interest. So, which means... Okay, the Torah says don't take interest. We're talking about a Yid now, right? The Torah says, and we're going to prove from that that interest is something which really belongs to the, to, 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 to the person. We'll see inside. There is an issue. What happens uh, if you took interest? You weren't supposed to take interest, okay? So then you've got to give it back because you're not allowed to take it. What happens if the borrower says to the lender, you know what, I forgive you. Does a borrower have a right, for example, to say, I want to give you $100? You can give anybody who wants $100. Let's say that the lender took from the borrower, he took $100 extra. The ribis was $100, took extra. And then the Torah says, you have to give back the $100 to the borrower. And then the borrower says, you know what, I don't care. Take, keep the $100. Can he say? He's forgiving it to you. He's saying, keep it. I don't need it. I mean, it's just like him taking it. Well, you give it back to him, he can take out $100 and give it to you if he wants to. So why should he not be able to forgive you? We have a disagreement over here, which the Rebbe is going to give some beautiful insight in this halacha, in the machlokes and the ritva, to explain us how it works. So he says like this, So we'll understand this by introducing biur pluktas hapoiskim, to explain the disagreement of the codifiers, of the rulers, if forgiving helps by interest. Which means, if you took interest, you have to give it back, the interest that you took. In our case, we're giving example, the $100 you have to give back. But what happens if the borrower says, I'm forgiving you, I'm you, I forgive you the ribis. Does he have to still give it back the $100 or he can hold it? That's the opinion of the Ge'inim is Shagam im Even after the fact that the borrower has already collected the ribis, so he has it in his possession. The forgiving, the mechila of the borrower cannot help 
to exempt the lender from having to return the hundred dollars, giving it back to the borrower. What is the reason they give? They say, why are you, what is it going to help that you're going to forgive? To begin with, when you agree to pay interest, you're basically saying, I am giving you an extra hundred dollars willingly. You're forgiving it. So they say like this, Call all the time, whenever there is Ribi in the world, is Mechilahi. That's already forgiving it. But the Torah does not forgive. The Torah prohibits that kind of forgiving. That's why the Torah says you cannot take Ribis. When, you when you're taking interest, you are forgiving. You're saying, here, I'm giving it to you the extra. So that's why the Goenim say, that forgiving the interest does not help. If you took the money, you're going to have to give it back, even though the borrower says, no, 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 you can keep it, you're going to still have to give it back. The lender still has to give back the $100 extra that he took for, as interest. Avol das harosh, but the opinion of the roshes, this is the way it was, the law has been ruled in the tour and in the Shulchan Aruch, that forgiving does not help either to permit to take the ribis to begin with. The person says, no, 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 I forgive you, take the ribis, I forgive it to you. Doesn't help. And in that case, any time when you agree to, to give interest, you're forgiving it. You're giving it, but the Torah says you can't do it. So while you can't do it before, you can't say to a person, I'm forgiving it to you, here's Ribis, take it, it doesn't matter, we can't do that. The Rosh says, agreed. However, but if he already took the Ribis, so he violated the prohibition. And now he is required to return it. Then forgiving helps to exempt him, to exempt the lender from having to return it, like by any theft. Let's say you stole something from someone. You have to give it back. So what about if the person who you stole from says, you know what, you can keep it. Do you have to give it back? No. He gives it, he tells you you can have it. So the same thing is, you stole from me the $100 because the Torah says, no, you can't forgive it. You weren't allowed to take the $100, but you took it. But now I'm saying, go ahead, keep it. You don't have to give it back. So, therefore he says, you can be Michael. That's the opinion of the Rosh. The guy who says you cannot forgive, and the Rosh says you could forgive. So, the Rebbe examines now the reasons of the guy but the question is, actually, what's the, it seems like the Russia's rationale is, 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 more, is, 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 because at the end of the day, you have $100 that you have to give back to me. And if I say to you, keep it, why shouldn't I be able, why shouldn't I be able to do it? The Torah only said, that you can't take the money and, and, and that. But once you take the money, it's a regular, it seems like almost a regular transaction. 
Vihine, so the Rebbe asks, time of Shalag Ga'inim, the reason of the Ga'inim, Shein Mechila Me'elas Kalal Berivis, the Mila doesn't help at all, even after you took it, it doesn't help. Even after the borrower gave it with consent, not knowingly, to the lender, can't do that. So, this novel idea that we're saying that you can't borrow on interest because the Torah doesn't forgive and prohibited this kind of mechila. If you say to somebody, loan me $100, I'm going to pay you back, loan me, and I'm going to pay you back an extra $100 in interest, I forgive you that extra $100, the Torah doesn't forgive. That's a chiddush that the Torah says you can do. But That seemingly is only in the case where the borrower, in the situation that he agrees to give the interest. The Torah says, you can forgive, and you can say, I'm ready to give the interest. The Torah says you can't do that. But after you've given the interest already, we don't find in the Torah that you can't forgive later on. Later on, you owe me money, right? The, the lender owes the borrower the $100. Why shouldn't he be able to forgive what he's owned? So the Ridvo explains this. This is what the language of the Ridvo is. He says, When you're demanding the Ribis, uh, which means when the uh, borrower is demanding from the lender back the interest, It's not like demanding in the other case when you demand Let's say you stole from me. I'm asking you, give me back what you stole from me. Or I know when you cheat me, I say, give me back what you have cheated me. Okay, Yitzman is similar. It's not the same. The Isle al Shibud Momen. Because in that case, the person owes you a monetary. He has a lien of money. He owes you money. You took his, you stole something from him, and you cheated him. You owe him the money. There is a lien of money. But in this case, by interest, you don't owe him any money. The when you have to pay back to the borrower, Elo Chiv Hu Shechayiv Hakosuf Lahachzir Isur Shabola. The Torah obligated you to return a prohibition that you have absorbed within the money that you got back. So you gave $1,000 and you're getting back $1,100, $100 extra. The Torah says, no, no, no. That extra money that you got now, you have to give back. It's not that you owe him the money. The Torah says you have to give back. This is an obligation that the Torah placed upon you. He gives an example uh, that there is an opinion there is an opinion when you owe a uh, you owe a, a debt. Uh, so there is an opinion, Lamando Omar, who says that Priyas Balchoiv Mitzvah. He says, why do we have to pay back the 
one who I owe money, that's a mitzvah because v'shibuda lav de'eraisim. Shibuda lav de'eraisim means uh, I don't really own you. There's no lien. It's just a obligation. The Torah says I have to pay back. It's a mitzvah for me to pay back because I borrowed the money. But there is no shibud. It's not minatoyer to say that my uh, properties that I own are enslaved, lean to the debt that I, I took. No, it's a mitzvah. So it's therefore, in this case also, Elo, the hosom iko din momen mahani mechila. But over there, at least the person has a monetary. Uh, obligation. He owes him the money, so there is money owed here. There's a there's an obligation, a monetary obligation, and therefore mahani mechila. Therefore, forgiving it is going to help. But here, there's no monetary obligation. It's only a Torah obligation. So since it, the Torah tells you you have to pay back, you don't have to pay back from an obligation. It's only a Torah mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. So what is it going to help? So how is your friends forgiving you and saying you don't have to pay back? It's not going to help you. You don't owe him anything that he can give it away. You're just obligated from the Torah to give back the hundred. So if he forgives you, it doesn't matter. You still owe it for the Torah. Behind him. So what does it mean? So what is when When the Go'onim used the proof and they said that you should not be able to give back, to, to forgive, they used the language They're saying all interest, all the time interest is forgiving. So they're not trying just to say Okay, all the interest is forgiving, but that's when you're giving the loan. But here we're trying to prove that even after the interest was paid, you can't forgive. So, what what they're saying is, the Rebbe is explaining. What do they mean when they say, all interest in the world is always forgiving? So what are they trying to say over here? Since all the time of ribis in the world is always forgiving, but the Torah did not forgive and the Torah prohibited. So this proves to us So from this it's evident that the prohibition of taking the interest because even though you're forgiving it, and the also, and then there's an obligation to give back if you did take the ribis, that just proves us that this is not in the definition, it's not money that you owe your friend. He already forgave the ribis. So, what is it? This is the concept, this is a prohibition that the Torah placed on the lender. We get the mitzvah This is a definition of a mitzvah and obligation to the heavens. And therefore, 
And when we have an obligation that you have to turn it to the borrower, that is not because he owes the borrower any money. That is because he's enslaved to Hashem. Hashem tells him to pay back, not that he owes the person money. And that's why forgiving isn't going to help you when it comes to interest. Even after he has already received it. Because what is his mechila has got to do with it? Because you will not fulfill your obligation to Hashem, to Shemayim, until you actually return the prohibition that was swallowed in in the money that you took back. So basically, yes, there is a difference. The there's a diff. The 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 ga'inim are only proving it from the fact. Since when I am borrowing on interest, I am agreeing to give you the extra money for interest. So I'm forgiving it to you. And the Torah says, no, no, no. We're not. The Torah doesn't accept that. So it means that this obligation is an obligation of the Torah. So therefore, even when you return it, if, 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 if the person wants to forgive you, the borrower wants to forgive the lender, it doesn't help because the obligation here is not towards the, le- the borrower. The obligation is towards Hashem. He doesn't owe anything to the borrower. The borrower has forgiven him. And therefore, it's an obligation for Hashem. So, now what do we have on the other side? So based on this, we have to say, so what is the logic of the Rosh? That what is the idea of the Rosh? That does help that you could forgive at the end of the Malva After it came to the Malva, that you could forgive. But how are you going to forgive? It belongs to the Ebishter. The obligation to return the interest is an obligation that was placed upon him by the Torah. It's not because there is a lien, a monetary lien. As the Ritva proved over there that this is not a monetary obligation. Because uh, Here's all the uh, proof that he brings, uh, the Ritva, and the Rebbe brings it down in the order over here, that it's not, it's a obligation from Shemayim. So, what does it mean? So how could a person forgive him? So the Rosh learns, because this obligation that the Torah obligated, so what did the Torah obligate him? The Rosh and the Tur and the Shulchan, they learned it's not like he has to pay back to Hashem. What the Torah, you owe the Ebrister, Take. But what do you owe the Ebrister? The Ebrister wants you, the Ebrister placed upon you an obligation to return the money that you have taken away, that you made your friend lacking, not by halacha, because when you took ribis, you weren't supposed to take it. So, which means that the, what is the Torah telling us over here? The Torah is telling you you have an obligation, but not an obligation to Hashem. The Torah says there's a new, there's an obligation to the person whom you hurt, who you took money illegitimately. 
That because of this mitzvah, you have now an obligation to your friend. That's why Bechila does help. So basically, it's all built on a chiyuv of Hashem. But the question is, how does the chiyuv of Hashem manifest itself? Is the chiyuv of Hashem remain a chiyuv for Hashem, and therefore the mechila of the borrower isn't going to make a difference, you still owe Hashem? Or the chiyuv of Hashem was that you should have to pay back to the borrower what you caused him the loss. And therefore, since it's a loss that you caused him, he can still be mechil you. And that's the second way when he explains the view of the when he goes according to the view of the Goinim that you cannot, but he does explain over there when he says that you cannot have Kharata, he says, I mean we're talking now about the rush, but he explains there, he says, He says the Returning the ribis mipas chiyuva the roman achmonale is because of the obligation that the Torah put upon him. It's not because he owes you money. So he quotes, he says, So he says it's just like when you have to pay a balchoiv, which we say it's a mitzvah. So but we're going to use this example of the Ritva saying, just like the opinion that says it's a mitzvah to pay the Balchayim. But what is the Pshat over there about pay the Balchayim mitzvah? So, the Ritva, Chiluk, Sharitva, Chiluk, he makes a distinction when he talks about in the view of the Goinim, Ben Priyas Balchayim, Lachzoros Ribis, between paying a Balchayim, somebody you owe money, and returning interest. He says, that when you pay back a loan, even though it's a mitzvah, but there is still a monetary law that you owe your friend, but here for the Shemayim, he's chayim, and not for his friend, and therefore Mechila doesn't help over here. That's a distinction that the Ritva makes according to the view of the Goinim. But we will take that same idea and we will not make the distinction. The view of the Roshi is that also this concept of this mitzvah of returning the interest, what did the Torah obligate him? That is to obligate him to pay back, to return the money that he caused his friend to be lacking. And it's not an obligation to Shemayim. So it all starts with an obligation to Shemayim. Again, it depends how it manifests itself. Either it remains Shemayim, and therefore Mechila of the borrower is not going to help, or we're going to say that it changes. So it turns out, what do we get from all this? That according to all the opinions, whether it's the Goinim, that the monetary money of the ribis is considered the money of the malva, the essence. As far as money on his own, there is no obligation for the lender. It's not the guy forgave it, it's his. Belongs to him. 
It's only because the Torah tells you to give it back. Either the Torah tells you to give it back, and therefore Mechila won't even help, or the Torah tells you to give it back, and Mechila does help. But why do you have to give it back? It's because the Torah wants you to give it back. The Rebbe is going to explain that means that the money of the Ribis really belongs to the Malva. And that's why there is an Indian when we talk about a guy in which the money is on the other side, then we don't want you to, uh, uh, to lose out on those nitsutsus and those spark. And that's why there is a mitzvah. The point that the Rebbe wanted to bring here, out over here from this whole discussion is to tell us that in essence, that money belongs to the Malva. It's the Malva's money, and therefore the Malva cannot give up something which is, belongs to him to the for, and has an itzutz kedusha and give it away to and the, to to the, to the goy to the into the klippas and therefore uh, there is a mitzvah So based on the above discussion, apinigla and there's a lot more in the um, in the footnotes over here uh, and the whole uh, much more than the scope that we're here. But anybody who wants to. Uh, get a good taste of uh, the Rebbe's insight in various different uh, uh, discussion between all the Achronim and uh, to, uh, I guess, to be impressed if you can say that. But anyways, but that's beyond the scope that we're learning over here. Um, now the Rebbe is going to explain, based on the explanation, that uh, there is a... Um, uh, connection between the uh, Malva, the lender, with the money, that the money is really his, the ribis. Uh, it's only that the Torah obligates him to give it back, whether like the Goinim, that it becomes a uh, just a purely Torah obligation, um, or according to the Rosh, that when you give it back, uh, it's because you took money from your friend that you shouldn't, and now you're paying back, so there is a monetary obligation, uh, as the Rabbi explained, also uh, that the Torah placed on him. It's uh, the Rachmana, the Torah the, the placed on him. But ne- in either case, we learned over here that the um, obligation of the Malva is not something that he really owes him from himself, and that means that it, uh, the money uh, actually is his in a, to a certain extent. That will explain to us a halacha in the dinam of Ribis, as the Rebbe will explain in Nois Dalit, and also will answer the question that the Rebbe started off, why there is a mitzvah to uh, take interest from a guy for a loan. Dalit, Dalpizeh, Yesh based on the above we can explain, in the inner matters of things, prat a detail uh, in the law of returning ribis. So, what is the halacha? The halacha is ribis. So, a person who lends with interest, then he wants to come and he wants to do teshuva, and he do teshuva and he wants to give back the ribis. So, ein mekabli mimenu. We don't accept from him, and we say, okay, you took it, it's done. Even though that we don't accept it, 
Chayiv lahachzir lotzideshimayim. But the lender himself, uh, notwithstanding they don't want to accept it, but he is obligated to return it to fulfill his obligation to the heavens. So you may not be chayiv, uh, and we may not want to accept it from you, but you still should give it back. However, it says, so even though he wants to give it back, but the measure of chassidus is not to accept from him. So why would this be so? So, so the explanation is as follows. Amr Razal, our sages of blessed memory, tell us, the Torah is protective of the monetary, uh, the money of a Jew, of Yisrael. Um, why is the Torah concerned over the monetary belongings of a, of a Yid? So we can say the reason for this is the Psak Din, the ruling is, uh, the ruling of the Halach is that kol masecho l'shem shemayim. Everything that you do needs to be for the sake of heaven. And also, Behold, the Rebbe quotes from the Rambam many times, that in all your ways you need to know Hashem. And therefore, since it's his money, so it's his masecho, his drachecho, so also with his money he has to fulfill that it should be uh, that a person should not just have in mind just to make more money, gather more money to accumulate, but rather to uh, use it in the positive ways. But using here the style of the Hasidic teaching, in the money that is of the Jews' money, there is holy sparks which have a connection to the root of his soul. So the monetary uh, assets of the person have sparks that are connected to his soul. And behold, since God made this nature, Hashem. Um, uh, put this nature in the world. I said, "Lomay ba'if and we say there's ze in such a way, in such an order." Shaha adam yochel harviyach bekaspoi al yidei sheyalva oisimiribis that a person is able to uh, profit with his money by loaning it in interest. So you can increase your assets by loaning it in interest. That's part of the word nature of the world. We say the mizum. And even more than this is she'agar noterlei, that you're paying money for waiting for, he's not paying you the debt, so you're paying him money for that, so it's logical that because you're not paying the debt, I have to wait for the money, so you pay for it. How they move on, so it's understood. She'gam that So this is nature, it's also logical, so it's understood that the sparks that are in the interest, have some sort of a connection to the root of his soul. Ulam, however, since the Torah has prohibited the interest, 
It has not been given to him to sort out these sparks. So how do you do, how does the order of the service when you can't do, it's an iser hu then you push it away. Just how we deal with the sparks that are in all prohibited matters, you can't sort it out, you can't be mevadered it, you gotta be mevadered by pushing it away, by not using it. So that's the approach. But after the fact that the lender took the money of the interest, and they have become part of his money, and there is no obligation for the person to, for the lender to return it from the prospect, just the monetary itself. He didn't take anything that doesn't belong to him. It's only because of the obligation that the Torah places upon him, as mentioned earlier. Although he violated the prohibition and he has to give back the ribis, that's the obligation of the Torah. Nevertheless, wherever there is another way, that would allow, which would provide, so he doesn't have to give it back. So you have to put an effort that the ribis stays in your hand. That the sparks in this monetary that is in your rishus belong to your root of your soul. And this is why the inner reason, Shemidas Chasidus, he. That the measure chesidus loy lekabel hachazores haribis mabol edel tzisidei not to accept the return of ribis from one who is coming to fulfill his obligation to Hashem. Kianitzutzes shebidmei haribis because the sparks that are in the money of the ribis shayochim l'shoydish nishmosi shel hamalva they are belong to the root of the neshama the malva they become his money and that's why. Uh, the effort is made that it should remain by him. And the Rebbe concludes in Hanal, based on the old above, Gam Hatam. We can also explain the reason. that we were commanded to take the interest of the Goy. Although it is prohibited to make cause uh, diminishing the money through uh, stealing or cheating the guy, you're not allowed to do that. But because the sparks that are in the interest money that the guy who is borrowing uh, from the yid, those interest money, they belong, they have a connection to the lender, to the yid. And he should sort them out, these sparks, from the domain of Klippa and to elevate them into, Klippa, into Kedusha. Also we understand that there is those that say that this mitzvah to it's not only the second part to take interest when there is a loan. There's a mitzvah to lend him so that you can take the ribis. 
From the fact that this Nochri is needs to come on to the Yid, that he should loan him the money. That is evidence that the sparks that are found in the money of this Nochri they belong to the Yid. Is a mitzvah to loan him in order to take from him interest to bring up these sparks to holiness. This is Mesicha Shabbos Parshas Mishpatim Tovshin Chov Gimel.